Welcome to the Carry On Podcast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church where the pastors get together, talk about what's coming up in worship this week. I'm Pastor Steve, and I'm here with... Pastor Megan. And I'm Pastor Brandon. Hi. Oh yeah, that's us. We're the pastors of Easter. And we are in this amazing worship series called Life in His Name. Who's the His? Jesus. Jesus! Always the correct answer. And it's been a great series. And what we're really doing is we're following up on a wonderful season in the Gospel of John where we got to meet Jesus, uh, according to John's Gospel. And then we springboarded right into the middle of the book of Acts. And we have, we're skipping like a rock skipping on the surface of the water into some highlight stories in Acts. And Pastor Brandon, catch mm-hmm. us up. Last week you preached... Where were we last week? And yes. lead us up to where we're going to be this week. Last week we were in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi, where Paul and Silas are f- imprisoned for casting a demon, uh, a spirit out of a slave girl, and then uh, they're freed by an earthquake, and they save the jailer's life, eat some food at the jailer's house, then I guess come back to the jail. Then they're released, and they go back to Lydia's place for um, some hospitality and community. Snacks. Snacks. More snacks. Yeah, yeah. Need to eat, you know. It's all about the snacks, really. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but the Holy Spirit keeps them moving, right? Because it's, mm. it's, it's fun mm-hmm. to think, you know, the, the title of our book is Acts of the Apostles, when really it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to keep Paul and Silas Spirit moving. On the loose. Woo! Look out, because they, they've got a lot of people to tell about Jesus. Um, and so they go on to Thessalonica. They go on to, Ber- is it Berea? You bet. Sure, that'll work. Berea. Do you, know they, my, do you know my rule about pronunciation, Pastor Brandon? Just say it the same twice and nobody will know. Be, be confident and consistent, and everyone will assume you know what you're doing. Yes. So like I was saying, they go to Beroea. Beroea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beroea. Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. And it's not without conflict because the message of uh, Jesus isn't uh, well received everywhere, but there are some folks they find that are open. Um, to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then that brings them to Athens, which um, whew, they've got their work cut out for them in Athens, I think. Well, and it's that's a, where we are today, the, right? Yeah, that's a good catch-up. And the, and the good news is that uh, I don't think there was ever a tough job that Paul shied away from. Mm. I, there's, this, there's this kind of um, bulldog component to Paul and his ministry. He just, he just doesn't let up. So... Um, Hey, if it's okay, I'll just kind of, I'll launch right into the lesson. I think it's one that's uh, familiar to a lot of people. Uh, We are in Acts chapter 17, and we're going to jump a little bit. We're going to read verses 16 and 17, and then we're going to dodge down to verse 22, uh, just to keep the lesson from being uh, too long. But as a note, friends, that if you want to read this whole section, it really is a, a, a really beautiful story. However, starting with verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. And then we're going to skip down to verse 22. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. 
What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God. And perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Thank you, Pastor Megan. That's just, that's a sermon. We can just read the lesson, don't you you think? Too bad there's nothing there. Right. It's a real bummer that there's no meat in that one. All right, Pastor Brandon. You're up first. <laughs> oh, boy. What's well, jumping out at you in this story? Yes. Well, what's jumping out at me in this story is trying to picture where we are in this story. Um, mm. From those first, first, uh, you know, in Athens, and um, Paul looks around and sees all these uh, idols, right, um, to all these different gods. And I can't help but wonder, you know, as we walk around our communities, walk, uh, drive around Egan, um, watch the news, you know, what? We, we don't really have statues to gods, per se. I don't, you know, not to the extent that the Greeks did. But what are the, the things that we place our hope in that we pass by? Um, the things that make us feel safe. Or, yeah. um, so I was thinking, like, you know, it's one thing to, to walk down Wall Street. You know, Wall Street can be a god to, to some folks. Um, you look at just the number of... Um, fire stations, which I agree with, I think are great. But um, to some extent, do we place all of our hope in if we spend enough on public safety, nothing bad will ever happen to us, oh. um, which I'm, I'm fine spending as much as it takes because I don't want anything bad to happen to me. Um, but yeah, when you, when you walk around Egan, are there things that Paul would have noticed and said, tell me more about that? And what does that mean that you worship? Or what does that mean that you place your hope in? Yeah. Um, and hopefully we could say, uh, Jesus. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's good. Thanks, Pastor Brandon. Mm-hmm. I guess us rolling into, I like how you jumped right into this moment of how we see ourselves in this story. Yeah. Sorry. Pastor- yeah. Cause now you're going to have to rewind, but I just no. thought of another one. Oh no. Uh, the premium outlet mall, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of the materialism, like, well, mm-hmm. we, we can buy whatever, sure. whatever our heart desires. That's Did you already a- say banks? No, I didn't. Yeah, because I think, you know, a bank is we put a lot of our trust into our financial economic security. Yeah. And that 
can very much become a god. Yeah, and that's before you even look at online. How do you spend most of your time yeah. online? Because most of our banking is done with pictures on your phone and stuff now, too. I mean, that's right. There's a lot more streets to walk by. Ooh. Well, we carry our Ooh. little altars in our pockets and hands called well, our smartphones. We, we right? might argue whether we carry the altar or the god itself uh, yeah. <laughs> because for, right. for as much attention as we pay to it. Mm. Yeah, she says, looking at her phone right yeah. now. So. <laughs> What do you think, Pastor Megan? What's what's hitting you this time on this this passage? Oh, right. And and I, I got to admit that you know Pastor Brandon's got my mind going because when I'm thinking about the kinds of whoopsie daisy, I, I know it's the worst. Um, when I think about what constitutes a god or an idol, it's really easy for us to say, well, that doesn't apply to us because we don't have a marketplace full of you know idols and altars, and you know, we, it's real easy for us to set that aside. Um, mm. But but Pastor Brandon's really right, and and this is something that is, I know this one time he that's, actually that's got never it. Never heard that um, before. Get what? treasure, but <laughs> listeners, put that note just like like copy it, set a little phone memo for You're that witnessing moment. History. You heard me say Pastor Brandon was right, um, because it, I really do think that the that really the number one struggle for a Christian is the first commandment is is to really make clear. What is God in your life? And I, and I don't want to oversimplify it because I think the easy way to go is to say, oh, don't put too much stock in Facebook. Don't, don't love money too much. You love God most of all because you still live in the world, right? Like you still will interact with Facebook and money and the shopping mall. Mm. Like that's just, that's just life. The, the point is to ensure that that your faith plays a role in the way you interact with all those things and that you never lose track of what what God is in your life in the face of all these competing demands. So I don't think the right answer is, no, I've deleted Instagram mm-hmm. because I have one God. I think the goal is, all right, knowing that God is the <laughs> only God, how, how do you live? How do you interact? How do you face all these competing demands for your attention and devotion? I also find some comfort, actually. You know, Paul walks through all these idols and he finds the one to an unknown God. And instead of saying, you dummies, like you worship what you don't understand, that's silly. Hmm. He says, ah, I, I see you recognize that sometimes you have this sense that there must be something else, something that you don't get, something that you can't wrap your brains around. And I'm gonna present to you that that thing you can't understand is the God who has been present from the beginning of creation that you can't even make into an idol because all the stuff you use to make an idol is stuff that this God made. Um, and it, I actually find some comfort in that, not you know necessarily the Paul preaching of truth, although that's great, but the, but the realization that we don't really have to always fully understand what it is that we worship. It's okay if we can't wrap our brains around God all the time um, or ever, because God is 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 kind of big, I I was being <laughs> really big. So I, I I actually find some comfort in that. It's a perfectly fine sermon that Paul is preaching, and that's great. But the recognition that that God is beyond our knowing um, gives me comfort today. Yeah, that's great. Wow, good stuff. That'll preach. Mm. <laughs> so as I'm as I'm listening to you too all really good and they're both right by the way for the record well and that's a beautiful thing about about biblical interpretation is a lot of the time we're going to come out of it with a very different perspective and who is right 
yes is the answer. Exactly. Yeah. So some of the things I've been thinking about, I'm going to say just for shock value, <gasps> um, one of the idols that we pass by all the time is our church buildings. Mm-hmm. Oh! Um, Ooh. Yeah. And, and let me tell you why I say that. Because mm. as I'm reading this passage this time, I'm, I'm captured by trying to imagine what Paul is going through on mm. his journey. Because if you go back to when we first encountered Saul on the road to Damascus, if you'll remember who Saul was when he started his journey, he's a Pharisee. And I don't say that with venom in my voice. Yeah, um, it's a real identification. Yeah, it's Pharise- an actual true thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. A, a Pharisee was a particular way of understanding what it meant to be a child of Israel, mm. uh, a worshiper of Yahweh, revealed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, revealed in, in giving them the law of Moses and how to live life, right? And the Pharisees were just trying to do the right thing. They were trying to protect their people. They were trying to be obedient to God, right? And they saw Jesus as a threat to their own safety and security, thought Rome was going to come and crush them, thought that he was a blasphemer because um, of the claims he made to be the Son of Man which lined up with some of the prophecies of in Daniel and all of those things. And the Romans hated him because he claimed to be son of God, which was a Caesar thing and all that, right? But Saul, on his way to Damascus, is, has an encounter with a risen Christ. And that is his first encounter with Jesus, which is different than the other disciples. And he doesn't actually see him. Hmm. He just hears him right. and encounters this bright light and all of that. And the question that Paul asks, or Saul asks, is, who are you, Lord? And I think that Saul spent the rest of his life trying to answer that question. Mm, mm-hmm. who, who is this risen Christ? Because hmm. it's breaking open all of my paradigms of how God works in the world. It's kind of ruining my life. Yeah, it's ruining yep. my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hang out in Damascus. And then he dis- Saul disappears. And so, the whole, as Pastor Brandon already said, the story of Acts is this, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And we see story after story after story where the Spirit of God actually breaks the laws of Moses so that people can encounter the risen Christ, mm. right? So in this story, Paul... So he's going who, by his who, Greek name. Who, I was going to say, who was Saul? Let's yeah, just be Saul clear. Saul was yeah. his Hebrew name. He was Saulus Paulus, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he didn't change his name. Mm-hmm. He just switched which one he identified. Because he was talking to Greek, so yeah. he used his Greek name. So Paul shows up in the epicenter of Greek philosophy. Hmm. And notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't try to convert them to be Jews. He doesn't even speak Jewishness. Right. Yeah. The, even though, I mean, the quotes that people love to quote, sorry to interrupt, but the quotes that people love to quote, you know, that for in him we live and move and have our being and for we too are his offspring. It's this, I mean, he's he's speaking their language. He's actually quoting Greek poets. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what he doesn't do is he doesn't condemn them mm-hmm. for their search for God. Mm-hmm. Because what Paul is actually experiencing is the deconstruction of his own idols which are religious idols. And and what and so I could go deep in the weeds on this whole thing and it is an amazing encounter. 
But what unifies them is a risen Christ. That's how he ends it. Like, that's his punchline. Mm. He's like, look, all of us are making idols. All of us create things with our own hands and then worship them. Because what do, what do we really want in life? We want to be safe. We want to be secure. We want to be predictable. Even <laughs> if, even if, so what's interesting to me about the Athenians is that they are also experiencing their own cultural shifts because there's a division among the Athenians because there's the ancient religion of the Greek gods, which is a fear-based religion where the gods were, the, the Greek gods were really awful. Like they were capricious. They were, they, they were violent. They were violent. They did not actually love humans. Like Aphrodite thought they were cute like bunnies, but she was <laughs> she would easily eat them for lunch right, too. Right. Right. So the gods did not love humans. They used humans for their own purposes. And so the humans worshipped the gods out of fear to try to get the gods to do what they needed just to survive. So that's like this fear-based ancient religion. Well, the Greek philosophers saw through that and said, this is a horrible way to live. So Plato and Aristotle and all the Greek philosophies, they're open to some, like you said, Pastor Megan, there's, there's got to be something better. But those Greek philosophies are already 500 years old. Hmm. So there, there is this, I mean, in the ancient world, things moved really slow, right? Because they didn't have Twitter and all those things. <laughs> so they are still entrenched in a lot of people who are just old school. Like, man, if you don't kill your goat and serve it up to Zeus, you're going to get a lightning bolt in the back of the head. That's their religion. Hmm. And then you've got these, all these various Greek philosophies. So like, well, no, you just got to study harder or you just got to, you know, be a monk or whatever. But Judaism was doing the same thing. Judaism had all these factions. They had become divided. And so what identifies us as humans typically is the dividing lines like i need to define myself so that i can feel safe right and the way i feel safe is that you're different than me so i'm going to shame you i'm going to destroy mm. you i will or, know i will know who i am in opposition to you yeah right or i'm going to convert you to become just like me right mm. paul does neither of those things right he comes into athens and he's like whoa you guys are super religious you fear the diamonds. The you fear the divinity. You respect. You're 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 like spiritual folks, and that's awesome. And like you said, Pastor Megan, you see that there's more, right? And you're curious. So he he speaks their language. He quotes their poetry, and he deeps he digs deeply into his true Hebrew identity, which is the God of all creation, right? which is before the laws of Moses, which is before circumcision, which is the ground of all being. That is, uh, he said, he and it's interesting, he doesn't say out of one person, he doesn't say out of one ancestor, he says out of one, God creates all hmm. nations. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're all siblings because we're human. Hmm. So, and then he says, guess what? It, it all comes down to this guy who rose from the dead. And they're like, yeah, we can't go there. <laughs> well, and it's... So I've, he doesn't reject like, them. Right. No. They were like, 
oh, that's interesting, but nah. I, the last <laughs> the last couple of verses of the chapter are so beautiful. It's, you know, they heard about the resurrection of the dead, and some scoffed, but some others says, well, we'll hear you more about this. And so even to your point, Pastor Steve, about, you know, he didn't go in, you know, he didn't come in hot with the conversion. He said, let me just, let me present this possibility to yeah. you. Let me... Let me let me think with you more about this. And I do appreciate that the book of Acts doesn't say, ah, it's these terrible people said no. It's oh, some people said, well, it sounds a little weird. And some people said, I'm, I'm a little curious. And and the story continues. And the only people who actually hated Paul and tried to kill him multiple times were his brother, Jer- his, his fellow Pharisee. Yeah. Right. Because he was betraying them. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was opening up the boundaries which then lost their identity. Mm-hmm. And that's what the risen Christ and the Holy Spirit invites us into. Yes. Is crossing boundaries mm-hmm. and seeing that the other person, you know, our Muslim friends, our Jewish friends, our Buddhist friends, our atheist friends, are our siblings as fellow humans mm-hmm. that God's love is for all of them? Yes. And we got to make sure we don't make our version of Christianity into an idol. Hmm. And that's a terrifying prospect for yeah. most of us. Yeah. So I'm going to stop. Pastor Megan, <laughs> give, us something, give us something to take home, please. I, As our I, lead pastor, I, I, guide I, us home. I, I just, this, this passage is, is Christian life today. This is how do you express your faith out in the world? How do you live in contrast with other ways of believing? How do you try to make sure, just like you said, Pastor Steve, that that your faith is a real and evolving and lively faith and not something that has been calcified and idolized, right? So this is just a a real expression of of what it means to be Christian in the world. And it's it's dynamic and it means sometimes people say no and it means sometimes people walk away and it means sometimes people want to hear more. Um, It's just, this is this is real life. It's one of the things that's best about the book of Acts. Pastor Brandon, um, last you get the last word, man. Well, here's what I love about this is I think uh, Paul, we, we lose the, I think, sight of Paul goes to Athens on his own. He calls for his entourage eventually. But, uh, um, you know, this is like Pastor Steve said, this is the intellectual cultural elite of the Roman Empire. And he's going on his own. Um, and, you know, my commentaries say it's, it'd be like uh, going to Cambridge, Oxford, Harvard, or something like that, mm. and then, you know, meeting with the, the top minds. And I think there's some truth to that. But I also think um, what would be more terrifying to most people is actually being a confirmation mentor. Um, and why I say that is what's the number one excuse people give for why they can't be a confirmation mentor? They don't know enough. I don't know I don't enough know about enough. the Bible. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and so we shy away from actually um, it's a, you don't have to know everything um, because, well, as a plug for being a confirmation mentor, uh, 90% is showing up, right, and, and being there, and then 10% is just don't say anything stupid. Um, <laughs> like intentionally stupid. Yeah, You'll say yeah. something accidentally stupid. I'm but, simplifying yeah. it. But but at the same time, <laughs> I think, you know, there's a lot of, of truth in, in this story to we shy away from, well, I don't know enough about the Bible or I don't know enough about the Christian faith to be able to walk with others in their faith journey. But actually, we, you know, this idol to an unknown God, well, what we, we start with what we 
do know. We start with what we do believe, and that's that God shows God's self to us in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what do you know about Jesus? How about we start there um, and start talking about that with other people and inviting their faith stories? And, and I think I think middle school middle schoolers get that, even though they have really hard questions. And maybe just try actually doing what Jesus told us to do, like <laughs> love people. Wow, that's so good. Hey, we're out of time. There's so much more we could talk about. But so, dear podcast listener, thanks for uh, inviting us into your earbuds once again. Share this with your friends. We're here every week here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise up to meet you. Until we meet again, my friend.